Yo, praise the Lord, everybody. Getting ready to get down on coffee and Jesus this fine evening. Y'all excuse my tardy. I actually was publishing through a different application and we had some technical difficulties, but not worried about that. We know how to flex, so here we are. Y'all go ahead and join me this evening. We'll be quick. I know everyone is enjoying Memorial Day. Everyone is enjoying Memorial Day. So uh, I want to make sure that everybody is uh, able to get back with their families. But I want to encourage you this evening. Mother Cozy, how are you? God bless you. Thank you for being on. Pray that everything is well with you in Texas. Praise the Lord. Yes, ma'am. I am glad. Um, it's good to be back. It's good to be back. Once we get a get a few people on here, I'm going to give a uh, just a quick run through of kind of what what Maya's been up to. So everybody know I haven't been in the pit anywhere. I've literally been um, you know handling some some life business, if you will. My mother is on. Hey, mama, how you doing? Love you. Thank you for joining in. Y'all, Coffee and Jesus is back. We are back. I'm so very excited. I prayed about this, had been praying about it, uh, didn't didn't want to rush, but was very excited about getting back into it and um, uh, asked the Lord, and he just quickly told me now. And so here we are. Shanika Thomas, God bless you. Praise the Lord indeed. Y'all, this is Coffee and Jesus Listen, my sister Alicia, music lover, is watching. Love you, sis. Anointed woman of God. Listen, we're going to talk about rebuilding. The topic of today is rebuild, rebuild, rebuild. Man, the Lord has been dealing with me. I've been going through the book of Ezra. Okay, I've been going through the book of Ezra. My neighbor, Laz, what's going on, man? Welcome, welcome. Look, I've been going through the book of Ezra. And God has been blessing me with this. And I've been chewing on this word, um, going going back through Ezra. I've been through certain books over and over again, uh, just trying to see what all the Lord is looking to give us. Because to be honest with you, I do read the word of God for myself. But there's just something about whenever I read it, I'm always thinking about how I can share it. It's the weirdest thing in the world. Uh, my grandmother is here. Hey, mama. Me, mom, how you doing? Love you. Thank you for joining. If y'all would, go ahead and share this. Y'all, these numbers are getting up. I wouldn't expect this after being off the air for, uh, wow, maybe at least six months. But this is great, and I appreciate y'all being here. So, look, I'm going to get started. Y'all, hack the clock. It is 609 Central Standard Time and some change. My sister Cassandra Benton West, bless you. Uh, I want to be in and out of here in like 15 to 20 minutes. I hope I can squeeze it in. I'm not going to rush the Lord, but I want to share and get out of the way. Michael Thompson, God bless you, sir. So here's the thing. Um, I want to let you all know that thank you all for supporting Coffee and Jesus thus far. The Lockhart family went through a an amazing season, okay, of growth of of rebuilding for ourselves, literally building a new house. I'm living in it right now. And uh, we're finally moved in. Hey, sis, got my sister on here, Kayla. We finally moved in after uh, a very difficult process of building this house. 
just to let you know the size of the difficulty, uh, we literally moved in this house one year after we were supposed to move in. So that's how much longer the process took uh, for us to, to get into this blessing. But um, I'm grateful because it felt like I was in the valley of blessing because we didn't miss out on anything. The Lord continued to bless us. So we're in a new house. My God has, has expanded us literally square footage and the size of house we have. Um, he's expanded my family by an additional baby. Uh, we have a, an additional baby girl. Her name is Elizabeth Susan Lockhart. So God has been blessing us. Um, hey, Aunt Peg, my Aunt Peg is here. Uh, God has been blessing us. And so on one end, I could sit and, and complain about it. But on the other side, I have to give God the glory because this season of patience and waiting, and we've had people uh, really bless us. We actually were staying with a friend of ours for like over a year. Uh, her name is Alicia Jones. She blessed our family. I tried to go get a rental property. I tried to go get an apartment while we sold our last house. And she was like, nope, come stay with me. Bring the whole family. You know, my family's big. And so she welcomed us in. And so, and we were blessed in that. So now I'm going to move right along. And so the first question I want to ask everybody in, in talking about rebuild. Um, first, let me honor God. God, I thank you uh, for allowing us to be here together. God, uh, we are under one roof. That roof is called your glory, God. We are under your glory even now, God. And we ask and pray that you direct us, God, in the way that we go tonight, God. Lord, I ask and pray that you clarify things for those who may be uh, needing some clarity in their lives concerning the direction that they should be going in. And God, I just ask and pray that from the seasons that we've been moving through, that God, it is all the more direction of your coming and your coming soon. Get us, your people in order. Cause us to care about the things that you care about. God, that we can walk in your purpose. These things we ask in Jesus name. Amen. Raise your hand, put it in the room. If if you care about what God cares about, just put it in the room. Just say, I care. I care. I care. Because in order to be involved in this next season of your life with God, you've got to care. You really have to care about what God cares about. Because if you don't, you will surely get swallowed up by all that is coming. I feel that in the Holy Spirit. If you don't care about what God cares about, Seriously, I need y'all to put that in the room. Put in there, I care. I care. If you don't care about what God cares about, you're going to be exposed that you don't really care about what God cares about, okay? Because what's going to happen is, is there's going to be a contingent of us that do care about what God cares about as we rebuild what God wants us to rebuild here in the earth, the very church that he's coming back for. And then on the other side, there's going to be some people who don't care as much and they're going to oppose you. They're going to oppose you greatly because they really don't care, not about what you care about. They don't care about what you're caring about, which is what God cares about. Hallelujah. So let me build, let me build this a little bit. I have a scripture that I want to read that kind of sets this up. And again, uh, I'm going to do a whole lot of paraphrasing from the book of Ezra, but I want to lead this by, this is what I, this is how I captured what God cares about. And it comes from Luke chapter four, verse 18 and 19. Thank you, Lord, for your word. And this is Jesus talking. It says, uh, and this is right after Jesus was rejected at his hometown of Nazareth. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me 
to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. So first things first, the spirit of the Lord, in order for you to care about what God cares about, and in order for you to get the access, thank you, Mother Cozy, for putting that in there. I care about what God cares about. In order for you to access, in order for us to access what we need, we have to understand that the, the reason for having the Holy Spirit, why do we have the Holy Spirit? We have the Holy Spirit so that it can guide us to where God is, so that it can guide us to the things that God cherishes, the, the, the things that God cares about. We cannot do it separately of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit causes us to have power. The Bible says, when the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you shall receive power. And so that power is what we need in order to do the things and operate in the things that God cares about. Amen. Now I can move on. I, I set that up a little bit. Again, yes, Luke 4 and 18. Now, literally, I'm going to parath paraphrase in a very brief fashion, Ezra chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5. But while I do this, I want to break some news to you about the Babylonian captivity that ended for the people of God in the Old Testament. So here we are. I'm going to read a little bit of, of Ezra chapter 1 just to set the stage a little bit more for where we are now. And then we'll we'll move forth into the explanation. So what we have here is now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled. Somebody quickly say, we need prophets. Come on, say it with me. We need prophets. Because when there are real prophets speaking the actual word of God, there's going to the, the word of the Lord will not fall on empty ground. The word of the Lord will actually go and accomplish that which it was sent for. So this the very word that Jeremiah prophesied before said it might be fulfilled. The Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, so that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and also put it in writing, saying, thus says Cyrus, king of Persia, all the kingdoms of the earth of the Lord God of heaven has given me. And he has commanded me to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. I'm just going to say it right there. So listen, there's a word that was sent out. There was a word that was sent out, proclaimed, prophesied by Jeremiah to go before him, to go beyond him, but beyond his time to a day when a sinful people had been in captivity just long enough. And God would turn the heart of this king, Cyrus, through his Holy Spirit to cause him to set them free. Now, I'm going to make some parallels here. The parallel that I want to make is we just came out of a great season of captivity. What does captivity look like? Captivity looks like I can't do what I want to do. Even the things that are holy and righteous, I can't even do those. 
I've been wanting to go to church. I've been wanting to take my mask off. I've been, I've been wanting to kick my feet up. I've been wanting to be around people. All these things that we've been restricted of. I, I just want to travel to see my grandmother, but I can't. I just want to, I want to go here, but I, but, but I can't. Everything that I do, I have to do it online or I have to do virtually. So I am restricted. I am currently captive. This is the season that we have verily walked out of just here recently. Um, as people, some people were breaking, were breaking ranks a lot earlier doing a lot of things. But 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 in, in reality, we are not under the same restrictions that we were once under. And it is because, listen, the Lord could have kept us that way for a very for even a longer time if he desired. But he desired to let us free for a purpose. He desired to end the Babylonian captivity not just so you can run around and do, and do stuff, but, but so that you can do something that he requires of you. Remembering this, that God puts something on the inside of all of us that he's coming back for. Just, just food for thought. All of us have something that God has given us that he's placed on the inside of us that he's coming back for. So here we go. Chapter one, uh, the people of God are released from captivity. It's time to rebuild. God wants them to rebuild the temple that was once in Jerusalem uh, at Judah. Chapter two, it lists the lineages of all those who were released from captivity. Fast forward, chapter three, there were offerings given uh, so that they could build the foundation uh, of the temple. Now, pause here. One thing that I noticed, one thing that I noticed, one thing that I noticed, again, God released them so that they can do something for them. I'm trying to get y'all back in order, people of God. See, people been hanging out still, not really knowing if they're out of captivity or not, or not accepting the fact that they're free. Have you looked at your feet yet? Can you move yet? Have you looked at your arms yet? Can you move yet? Are you free in your mind yet? And if not, we've got to get you free because the spirit of the Lord is upon me because I've been anointed to heal the sick, to set the cap, come on, to set the captives free, to, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. There is no excuse because there is an anointing that has been given into the earth for that very reason. So now God has released you from captivity. Offerings have been given. Everything is set up for you to build a foundation. So in chapter three, Ezra, back to Ezra, the foundation was built. Okay, the foundation was built. Here's the beautiful part. God does not intend to separate the generations. See, there is this millennial understanding and then there's this old school understanding, but God never intended for us to be apart. Let me, let me tell you why. Even though the older have a different understanding or a different response to their understanding of God, the only difference is we both have the same understanding, but our responses might be different. We cannot be confused by the fact that maybe the younger people, uh, their response to the realness of God is a little bit different than what the old people or the older generation, not old people, but the older generation would say. And I'm saying that because in chapter three, when they finished building the foundation of the temple, the, the young shouted while the old people wept with joy. Y'all, we can be together on this. There's no separating us. We're supposed to be going through this, through, through this, through this process together. 
Again, the young people, they were clanging cymbals and they were shouting with joy and they were praising God. So I know some of the older generation probably looks at just how vibrant some of the younger generation is. And that's OK, provided that their that that their excitement is about the foundation of Christ in their life being established. If that's the reason for their shouting with joy, if that's their reason for their their vibrance, then yes, that's exactly the right reason. But now on the other side, for the older uh, for the older generation, they're going to recognize that good God Almighty, the foundation of the Lord's temple, his church has been rebuilt and I can do nothing but weep because I remember I remember the original temple. I remember what it looked like many years ago before we went into captivity. So that emotion and that passion, how could they hold it back? How could they keep their tears back knowing that God's temple is coming back and the foundation is set? We thank God for our older generation. Thank you because you you saw it. You saw it the first time before it was destroyed, before we were given into the hands of, of, of the proverbial Nebuchadnezzar, and before we were put in Babylonian captivity. You saw it from the beginning before everything was taken. Oh, hallelujah. Good God Almighty. All right, let's move on. Chapter four. Now that we're building the temple, We've been given the order by King Cyrus through the Holy Spirit that we should be rebuilding something. But now the enemies are going to oppose you. Let me tell you something. A spiritual sign of progression in your obedience with God is going to be opposition. So just at the moment when you're starting to build and you're starting to pick up speed, expect there to be some opposition. Because People are not used to what the real church looks like anymore, so they're going to oppose it. They're not used to what holiness looks like anymore, so they're going to oppose it. They're not even used to you looking holy anymore. Uh, <laughs> they're not even used to what you're supposed to look like for some of us. But now that God is changing the hearts of his people, you're going to have some opposition and you have to be willing to weather that. So chapter four talks about this opposition. And part of this opposition, part of this opposition too, is self-inflicted gunshot wounds. Let me tell you why. For people to think twice about my realness in Christ, that's that's a true thought because I didn't always live for God. So if you remember anything, even the things that I forgot about, that should be reason enough for you to question what I'm building over here. So let's be humble enough to know. That when you're on the pathway of obedience and rebuilding what God cares about in your life, then you're going to have some opposition and that's okay. Let's move on to chapter five. Uh, governor by the name of Tatanai, he was positioned west of the Euphrates, wants to make sure that King Cyrus actually ordered the temple to rebuild. So again, now you got people in government places who are trying to oppose uh, the people of God from building the temple. But they've got to rebuild this because God asked for it. So in other words, people are still going to be wondering if God is real in your life or not. He's like, I can't believe this. There's no way God asked you to do this. There's no way God asked you to live this way. There's no way God asked you to, to go sow all this money over here and build this, this temple. There's no way. I got to make sure. So there's people who are going to be checking you. There's people going to be checking your records to make sure that you're real. There's people that are going to be checking your Facebook to, to see that you're real. What are they up to? What are they looking into? What kind of things do they have on their timeline? 
Is this real or are they fake? Let me, let me check into this and see if they're really real. And I'm just trying to tie it all together here for you. Amen. Glory to God. But guess what? At the end of the day, when people find out that it's real, as it happened in chapter five of Ezra, uh, King Darius uh, uh, ordered and put into order uh, the, the, the original decree. Matter of fact, let's move towards chapter six. King Darius looks up the original decree uh, from King Cyrus, a king or so ago, and confirms that they should be rebuilding this temple. And then formally orders the temple to be rebuilt, noting, watch this, note where the building was. When they rebuilt the temple, the temple was built on grounds where people made sacrifices unto God. Let me tell you, while you're in rebuild mode, fresh out of captivity, fresh out of the pandemic, now that you're building, you're going to have to build on a place filled with prayer. You're going to have to build on a foundation filled with worship. You're going to have to build on a foundation full of reading God's word. You're going to have to build on a foundation where there's blood, sweat, and tears from, from telling the devil no and living holy. There's going to be a place that God approves of to put the foundation on, but it has to be set up where sacrifices were. Glory to God. My sister, Ashonda Brown, bless you. Thank you for being here. Timothy Robinson, brother, thank you. God bless you uh, from, 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 uh, way from way from when I was young at Big Miller Road Missionary Baptist Church. Love you, sir. I pray that all is well with you. So again, y'all, watch this last part. Watch this last part. This is the part that is very significant. So all of these people, these governors, these people from across the Euphrates River who are opposing the people of God from doing the work of God, guess what they ended up getting ordered to do by the king? Again, God is turning the hearts of kings in your favor, okay? As long as you're doing what God has called you to do, as long as you're doing what you, you as long as you care about the things that God cares about, guess what he's doing for you in this season? He's gonna finance what he needs you to do for him. So in this case, and you can check check my record, and matter of fact, I'm going to pull it up. This is going to be Ezra chapter 6, verses 8 through 12, as I, as I get ready to, 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 uh, to close this down. So Ezra chapter 6, verses 8 through 12, listen to this. And again, these are these, these, these uh, the, the governor, Tatanai, so on and so forth, and some of his officials who were opposing, this is what King Darius ordered them to do. He said, moreover, I issue a decree as to what you shall do for the elders of these Jews, for the building of this house of God. Let the cost be paid at the king's expense from taxes on the region beyond the river. He turned around and taxed the people to build a church for him. This is to be given immediately to these men so that they are not hindered. And whatever they need, young bulls, rams, and lambs, and burnt offerings of the, God of, of the God of heaven, wheat, salt, wine, and oil, according to the request of the priests who are in Jerusalem, let it be given them day by day without fail. Can I tell you that day by day, so long as you're doing the things that God has called you to do, day by day, God's going to consider you and, and, and provide for you whatever you need to continue the work of God. I know this is helping somebody. Watch this. Uh, that they may offer sacrifices of sweet aroma to the God of heaven and pray for the life of the king and his sons. 
So the very person that's orchestrating knows the power of God, not only knows the power of God, but he knows the power of God in you because this king that he's turning the heart of is going to request that you pray for him. I need you to pray for me and my sons while I have all this authority, this power, this money, these finances and, and, and all of this authority. I'm going to use my authority to help you do what God is telling us all to do. And at the same time, while you're down there working, putting God temple together. Would you mind praying for me and my sons? Would you mind just covering us? Can you believe that people that are at high echelons are going to have to bow down the same way? Because the Bible declares that every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess of things above the earth, in it and below it, that Jesus is Christ and he is Lord. I'm telling you right now that so long as you are obedient to Christ in the things that he is calling you to do to rebuild what he is coming back for, his church without spot wrinkle or any such thing, so long as you're involved in that process of rebuilding God's church, he's going to provide for you everything you need. Everything you need. Good God Almighty, that blesses me so much. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you because I've seen it in my own life. Now that I'm reflecting here, God, I will ask that we all just remember just now how God has provided for us. Can we say thank you, Jesus? God has provided me for me and my family things way above. I have testimony from here to the, to the end of the world on all the things that God has done. And my life is not even over yet. But I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm interested in God and what God cares about. So I'm going to see to it. I'm going to see to it that, that I'm involved with what God is building. I'm involved. I am involved. Are you involved? Are you ready to rebuild what God cares about? God is ready to rebuild his church in such a way. In such a way. Because the influence that we'll have while building something real, at the same time, there's fruit on that tree because the creature is still waiting for the sons, the daughters of God to be revealed. They're still waiting. And so as we build what God is looking for, it's going to be a ministry unto itself. They're going to watch real people. They're going to look at you. They're going to question what you're doing. And then they're going to find out the truth that you're really about God. And that's going to impress them even the more that they could do nothing but join you in your conquest. They could do nothing but join you in your journey and serve the God that you serve because they're going to recognize and realize that God is real. Are you ready to rebuild? Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, God, for pointing us in the right direction. God, you've given us scriptures that show us. And, and God, in Ezra, there's more to the story. There's, there's things that we have to get out of our lives, God. Some of us are betrothed to, 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 to women and men in foreign lands, people that don't serve you. We're connected to the wrong people. But God, you're going to show us and you're going to cause us to repent and you're going to cause us to be drawn to you. God, straighten up your people. Cause us to hear your voice. Cause us to pray before you so that we know exactly what it is that you have called us to and that we can get our hands to work because we have a heart to rebuild, God, the thing that you care about. We're excited, yes, to be out of captivity. But God, being out of captivity and not busy about your business is still captivity. 
activity. Cause us to live for you, O oh God, as you cause us to rebuild the very thing, your bride that you're coming back for. Lord, we love you, we bless you, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Look, I need you all to share. I need you to share. Share this message because somebody else needs to hear this. If y'all don't know me by now, I'm not in this for money. I'm not in this for following. I'm not in this for anything other than God told me to do it. So whatever comes out of that, hoorah. But I'm provided for. God is great. His gospel is rich, is richness enough in my life. Share this gospel so that somebody understands their place. And, and really, if God's rebuilding his temple, that's also a warning. <laughs> Y'all don't hear me tonight. I'm going to put this coffee down. I've halfway been drinking anyway. Oh, by the way, my mom bought me this beautiful Yeti cup for my birthday. Thank you, mama. Drinking. Back to business. If God is requesting for us to rebuild this temple, this church, the thing that he cares about, and, and there's people, watch this, listen, listen, listen. Why do you think old people are so old? Let me answer that. The old people are so old because they still have something that, that they have a memory of what God loves. And he's trying to deliver that through the generations to the next generation so that we don't miss what he's doing. God is allowing people to live long lives because they still recognize, they still remember what God's temple is supposed to be. And I pray that God continues to open the ears of the young that they may hear and receive with love and respect what it is that God cares about. I thank God for my elders. Now, for us younger, because I'm, I'm, I'm not that young myself, but for the younger generation, let us learn God and learn to care about what he cares about and get involved in rebuilding what he cares about and watch and see how your life dynamically changes because he would have it for us to prosper, be in good health, even as our soul prospers, all three of them, because that those are the things that pertain to the kingdom. So he's, gonna, he's about giving us those things but we got to be in, involved in his business. Look, I love you all. Y'all have a blessed night. Happy Memorial Day to all those who have gone before us, who have served this great country. I, I thank God for you. I would be remiss to not recognize all of our World War II, World War One. I. I don't know if we got any of those vet veterans. If we do, there are very few. Vietnam War, uh, Korean War, um, Desert Storm, Desert Shield, um, Operation Enduring Freedom and, and, and uh, Freedom Sentinel, all these, all these operations, Iraqi Freedom, look, thank you for your service. God bless you. I love y'all. Y'all have a great night. In Jesus' name.